0: Hi everyone, I'm Margie Allenes, and this is FarmHer Talks. Thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the FarmHer in all of us. It's finally March and that means one really big thing in the FarmHer world. It is Women's History Month. At FarmHer, we meet women every day who are making history whether that's through an interaction on social media, an in-person meeting, or even a podcast interview. So to kick our favorite month of the year off, we brought in one extraordinary her. we brought in one extraordinary farmher who is so much more than just a farmher. She's an entrepreneur of over 20 small businesses in different industries, a mother to four other farmhers who all happen to be named Mary, Uh, wife to a rancher, rancher herself, and she works right alongside uh, of her husband, teacher to many, creative content creator, and so much more. I mean, really, the list could keep going all day. Uh, So I am excited for all of you to meet Mary of Five Marys and her wonderful brand. And at this point, you're probably wondering, how does she keep it all going? is there enough time in the day? How does her farm stay sustainable? For Mary, the answer is quite simple, by diversifying her farm. That is how Mary makes history every single day. And it is such an important thing for all small business owners to realize and recognize, especially in agriculture, because that is the way to sustainability so many times. By diversifying her business, her family and her farm to make them stronger, Mary has grown a really, really cool overall business and brand. And with that, she is here to tell us a little bit more about what she does. And hopefully, you can all help understand how that could help you step into a role not so different. So, let's dive into her, her secrets. But first, a little FarmHer background. In 2020, our brand made the shift to a digital brand, meaning our content and interaction with FarmHers is now mainly online. It's refreshing to see such a large community of like-minded women with the same common goals, loving the land, caring for the community, and feeding the people. Through this journey, we've met some pretty awesome FarmHers just like Mary. With a whopping 250,000 plus followers, there's a good chance you've seen her brand online too. Whether you have or not, you're not gonna wanna miss this story and the opportunity Five Marys presents to FarmHers and ranchhers, no different than any of you. Okay, so welcome, Mary. It is an honor to have you on Farm Her Talks today. First things first, let's broadly talk about your connection to agriculture and your story that ultimately led you to five Marys. So where are you from? Did you grow up around agriculture? Tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: I would love to. And thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, I, my husband and I both come from strong agricultural roots in California that go back six or seven generations to the days of the gold rush, um, which is pretty rare in California. Uh, and Brian, my husband's dad was a farmer, so he grew up in agriculture, but not ranching or raising animals. His dad did, uh, row crops and walnuts and trees, um, which is pretty different than ranching. I grew up in a pretty traditional suburban lifestyle. Um, I grew up in what is now Silicon Valley. It wasn't then. It was called Menlo Park. <laughs> um, it was kind of a small suburban town, but uh, you know, it evolved to be this hustle and bustling oasis of tech and pretty much the uh, exact opposite of where we live now in a rural town of 600 people. Um, but growing up, I was always attracted to the Western lifestyle, even living in an urban area. I rode horses. I raised small animals for 4-H. Um, I was kind of always trying to find those outlets that um, were tied back to agriculture or, or Western lifestyle. Uh, my ancestors were apple and lettuce farmers, and Brian and I met in Silicon Valley. He was a big firm lawyer He wanted to stay in agriculture, but his dad uh, was, you know, having a hard time raising one family on a farmer's salary or, you know, making his way as, as a farmer. And so he gave Brian some sage advice and said, you should probably find a way to make money and have a secure job. And then maybe someday you can come back to agriculture, which is exactly what he did. So he was doing real estate law at a big high rise law firm. And I had brick and mortar businesses. Um... I've kind of always just been a serial entrepreneur and and started small businesses when I saw an opportunity. So we were both in the business world. Um, and we knew we'd love to get back to agricultural some uh, agriculture someday, especially once we started having kids. But we just weren't sure how it was ever going to happen. And was it going to even be possible as a hobby? Never thinking that we would have a business in agriculture at any point in our lives. Mm-hmm. But our path serendipitously led us to a... Totally ch- new um new change in life and business uh, putting us right smack in the middle of agriculture about nine years ago,
0: ok. so I, I always I always love to hear these stories, right? Like what you set out to do or, or where you start from when you're a kid and and how you grew up, maybe to to where you go, like, as a young adult, and then the windy path that leads us where we are, which is probably not where we'll always be either, right? Um, I know, right? It <laughs> but
1: is, the windy path is kind of my favorite thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You have to learn to embrace it at some point if you're that type of person that's looking for that windy path, I think. Absolutely. But uh, first of all, before before we talk more about the windy path, I've got to go back here because uh, you said you grew up suburban. Uh, you were in 4-H. You, you raised small animals. So... I, I also grew up, um, we lived in the country, but um, my, and my grandparents were farmers, but so there were like cattle there, but they weren't ours, right? It it wasn't, um, it wasn't like I had any concept what farming actually was. It was just around me. And, um, but I was in 4-H and I was telling these kids this once when I was on this ranch in Texas and I was like, yeah, I was in 4-H. And I, I showed my cat at the uh, county fair and they looked at me like, <laughs> who are you and who shows a cat? So when you said small animals for 4-H, I was like, I wonder if Mary showed a cat like I did.
1: <laughs> I actually had a turkey and a lamb okay. in our little suburban backyard, which I'm shocked. I don't know how I talked my mom into that. I don't know whatever became of those projects. Um, <laughs> it was just such a different, it's so different doing 4-H in an urban area. But it's awesome that you know, 4-H is such a great program and it's it's. I was so thankful that that there were those opportunities where I lived.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you're a little more le- legit than me because uh, a turkey and a lamb are, are they're they're a little a little further down the road than a cat. Uh, I love
1: a cat. I hope <laughs> some pictures of that.
0: I know it's so funny. Um, anyway, so uh, okay, so back to the windy path. Um, so. So tell me a little bit more about what that change was that led you to uh you know leave the careers leave the the businesses that you had already had and I think you did you pick up and move Mhm yeah I Sure did yeah
1: So Like I said, I've always been a serial entrepreneur, but I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know an entrepreneur was a word. I didn't know that you could find a career as a small business owner. You know, I was kind of more exposed to traditional careers. My dad was a lawyer. Um, I majored in biological psychology and I went to the uh, William & Mary in Virginia and thought that I would be pre-med and I was on the path to being a pediatric oncologist. Um, While I was applying to medical school and taking the MCAT, I started tutoring and I was tutoring kids, helping them with their homework. And I saw a need, a huge opportunity to create like a tutoring network and then a tutoring center. So I un- ended up leasing a space downtown, Menlo Park, very expensive real estate. I was 22 years old on a wing and a prayer, had no idea what I was doing, had to sign a lease, um, give a big down payment uh, security deposit. And I knew I could make it work because I saw that there was this huge need and I'd always been that kind of, you know, I see this, I know I can make this work. It's going to take a lot of work. I'm going to have to stay up till midnight, but if I work hard enough, I know I can make this work. So I thought I would do that and help pay my way through medical school. And then I was you know, knee deep into building the website and doing all the branding and the marketing materials and the brochures and getting clients set up. And I just realized pretty quickly, like, gosh, I love this so much. I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to work for anybody else. Like I want to make this business my life. And, you know, then all of a sudden it's, there's a new idea and a new business springs from that. So, um, by the time I met Brian, I had three different businesses and then we got married and started having kids and we're opening up businesses that were based on needs of young parents, families, kids. Um, it was kind of the boom of Silicon Valley, so there the opportunity was there. Um, it was an, if you if you build it, they will come. It was everything was was easy. It was kind of you know the land of opportunity if you did it right. Yeah. So, um, we eventually kind of started working together and. Brian and I um, call ourselves accidental tours because one of the business we opened was a restaurant, and we did it totally by accident. And literally, the day we opened, looked at each other like, oh "What did my we gosh, do? What did we do?" Yeah,
0: as a small business owner, restaurant ownership is the thing that scares me the most. Anytime my brain has my gone there, I'm like, "We need to walk away, like, from this thought because it, it, it's, Very it's a whole different thing, right?" Right. So it you whole accidentally whole fell into this.
1: We accidentally fell into restaurant, but we wanted. We we've always believed in really good quality food that you know food is the center of entertaining of family Um, on both sides of our family food was so important to both of us and growing up you know my grandpa used to drive by his friend's lettuce field and jump out of the car with a machete and grab a few heads of lettuce to take home and it was like you know fresh food from the source was something that we had had been a big part of our lives And so um, we wanted a restaurant with really great food to serve to families and said, well, we have to go to the source and like find where are we going to find really great meat, um, really great quality ground beef for our burgers. And we started looking at working with small farms and just realizing the challenges for small farms to do this. You know, a lot of farms have the story, but then they're not as focused on the quality or they have the quality, but it's only one month out of the year. So we couldn't, we couldn't find anybody who could do this for us year round. And we naively thought, you know what, let's just do this ourselves. Like my brother-in-law is a fifth generation cattle rancher from Oregon, Burns, Oregon. And we said, you know, Donald will help us. <laughs> we can figure out how to, we need, if we find land, we'll have this outlet to agriculture that we've always wanted. We know we have the source that we can sell all this meat to, if we can figure out how to raise this meat. Um, and we were both just excited about it. And I think, you know, probably in our heads knew that this was a huge undertaking, but we were just like, this is what we wanted. we We saw the opportunity in it, um, and it aligned with, you know, we've got these four little girls running around. We can go they can be out in the dirt helping us um working together as a family. So we bought a property six hours north of the San Francisco Bay Area where we lived, um in Siskiyou County, top of the state, almost to Oregon. And we started ranching, and we'd come up here on the weekends and then um, go back to our. At that time, we had nine different brick and mortar businesses um, to try to run their businesses during the week and run a ranch on the weekend with a ranch manager here when we weren't. And it only took about six weekends of doing that that we were driving back to the Bay Area and just looked at each other like, What are we doing? It feels like we're already leaving home. And we can't do both of these things well. Like Something's got to give. And it was the easiest decision we ever made. We said, you know, which one do we want? And we, this is what we want. We want to be ranchers. We want to raise meat for families that trust us. We want to raise a really quality product. Together as a family, we're passionate about this. And. Um, And then it was almost the exact opposite. It was one of the hardest things to unwind this life that we'd built in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Businesses, restaurants, a law practice, this house that we had worked so hard for that we thought, this is our forever home. The kids will, girls will walk down in their wedding dress on this beautiful staircase. um, And we left all that behind and moved to a ranch in rural Northern California, a town of 600 with no stoplights. And we had to live in a 720 square foot cabin. The girls all shared one room that only one bed fit in, so they shared. They were between one and six, so it was it was okay. But they the girls all shared a bed, and you know we went to from having a pretty comfortable lifestyle to uh, having to cut firewood to keep the house warm, and you know no amenities, and out there rain, sleet, snow, pulling calves, and. Kids had to step up to start making dinners themselves. And we, um, the change was astronomical, but we were so proud of what we were doing and so passionate about it that, you know, there was no looking back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing I, I can tell, uh, just by listening to you that you would do it all over again. Uh, I, I think, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, In yeah, um, yeah but I'm sure it wasn't without his difficulty at times, right? Like I think about times in my life where I've made massive changes and and you're running down that path and there's really exciting things and then something pops up and it like knocks you down and you're like, you know, have a few tears and, and move on. Uh, you know, that's the life of a small business owner, right? Like it it absolutely totally. is. Uh, but, and
1: especially in agriculture, you know, there's so many hurdles and so many challenges. And, you know, we we say... We've never met a group of smarter people than we have come across in agriculture. Like the problem solving that you have to do, and the um, juggling and wearing many hats, and it's it's a lot, and it was it was scary. You know, we went from um, having businesses in an area where you know we knew we could make them work to. Being in the middle of nowhere and relying on rural internet to build a new business that we really knew nothing about, right. uh, but I think that was kind of what made us unique is that we had to learn, um, we had to learn how to ranch, but we knew how to run a business. So we saw the opportunity in direct to consumer. Um, you know, this was nine years ago. No one was shipping meat. There was no playbook. There was, uh, you know, we had to kind of invent the wheel from packaging and insulated liners and shipping with dry ice and how to get affordable shipping through, you know, in, to, with pickups in a small town to get our meat directly to customers all over the country. Um, and so it took about a year of trial and error. But once we got that down, um, we we knew it was the only path, A, for the most profit as first generation ranchers, the, and, and the expenses were extreme. And so that we didn't have to leave the ranch, you know, we chose this life so that we could be here raising our kids, working together, raising our own animals, not having employees. And um, we couldn't leave the ranch to do farmers markets or those types of things. So for us, shipping in the direct-to-consumer model, uh, we knew we had to make that work. And we did come with a business experience to say, like, okay, how, how are we going to make this work um, and how are we going to make this viable first-generation ranching operation, which is no easy feat.
0: Right. Right. And you know, um, a lot of us get caught up in the passion of, in the excitement of the business. Right. And so I, I go back to my early days of farm her and it was like, I'd never started a business, but gosh, I loved the concept of this and I would just run after it. And, and honestly, it took me some years to think about sustainability, right? Like I just opened my arms and ran at everything. And then, then you get your feet under you after a little while and you go, okay, how do I make this sustainable? Right? Like, profitable, um, because you can be, be as excited as all get out about all the opportunities that come to your door, but really at some point it is a business, right? And, and I think I'm, I'm assuming that you've gained that experience through all the businesses that you've been a part of, um, over time, you you go okay. How do I look at this from a profitability, from a sustainability standpoint? And yes, I can love it. Yes, it's a fun brand. Yes, it's where I want to spend my life. But it also has to be that sustainable. So, um, uh, you know, I I think that that can be a challenging thing for a lot of first generation uh, farmers and ranchers. Absolutely, but but just business people in general, right? And so. Mm-hmm. Um, what are all of the parts and pieces that you have running in your business and how do you keep them sustainable? Like, how do you how do you look at some of that from a diversification and, uh, you know, profitability standpoint?
1: That's a great point. And, you know, sustainability is such a buzzword and means so many different things. But really for families in agriculture, being sustainable means that this business is going to last to the next generation because you're building something that you want to last, and that your children probably want to be a part of, or want to continue the family legacy. And sustainability there is about profitability. It's about making sure that this this model works. Um, I always say in my small business courses that you know a business is only a hobby if it doesn't make money. And we are all you know sometimes reticent to talk about money, but that's really what being an entrepreneur means is being an opportunity being opportunistic to find ways to make money and do it efficiently using the best use of your time and your resources that you have in front of you. So for us, um, diversification is kind of the key to our sustainability. And I think it should be for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, if you have one single product with one single focus, um, there's going to be seasons where that isn't making money. You know, we all know in the past three years, nothing has shown us that more.
0: Right.
1: Where you have to, you know, the new buzzword is pivot, and you have to change what you're doing in your business. And feed costs and fuel costs and margins um, really take a hit. So by having diversification, you can push and pull with different areas of your business based on this your season of life, what's going on in the world around you, what your customers are looking for, um, and it also helps to make things easier for you. We all work so hard to grow an audience, whether it's our social media audience, our customer base, our email marketing base. Uh, Those customers are loyal to you and you've worked hard to gain their respect for your brand. They want to buy what you're selling, but if you only have one thing to sell them, you're fighting for new customers all the time. I'd rather have this you know, beautiful base that supports us and loves us and sell them more things more often um, instead of always trying to find new customers. So we've diversified um, in a lot of different ways, some by sheer need. You know, we opened Five Mary's Custom Meat Co., our own USDA um, dry aging and full butcher cut and wrap um, a year, a little over a year ago. And that took us about five or six years in design and permitting. And California might be the hardest state to fight (laughs) USDA and the water board and the permitting. Um, but we, we opened that about a year and a half ago. And then um, on Monday, actually, it's very exciting. We are doing our first round of our, our own on-ranch harvests under USDA inspection. So we built an on-ranch harvest facility. We worked with Temple Grandin for this amazing um, barn. And then we have a mobile slaughter unit, which gets us around um, the water mm-hmm. uh, hauling issues. But um, so we've we've diversified into those areas where now we do have control over the whole vertically integrated process from breeding and birthing to raising to harvesting, packaging and selling our own meat to our customers. And that was based on need. You know, we didn't come out and say, let's let's go learn how to be butchers. (laughs) Um, We have to hire really good old school craft butchers to help run the butchery. But that was really based on need. And then other um, diversification comes from growing our brand. You know, we saw an opportunity to buy this historic bar and restaurant in our town in Fort Jones. We created Five Mary's Burger House. That's a great stopping place for people from all over who know our brand, you know, virtually and are driving down the highway and want to stop and have a Five Mary's Burger or meet us. Um, And it's great for our community. Uh, We've done Five Mary's Wine, Five Mary's Whiskey. We do our own spice blends. Um, We had we branched out into a ranch school, you know, saw an opportunity during the pandemic that kids are at home, they're hungry to learn things, um everybody's, you know, on a screen anyway, what can we what can we provide them that is a little bit on the screen through like video lessons but also tangible um ways that they can learn all these skills that ranch kids are so lucky to learn, right. you know, like yeah. from welding and raising animals. So we've kind of branched out into a lot of different directions. And some might say we're crazy. Like, Oh my gosh, why are you like, can't you focus? Why don't you uh, focus on one thing instead of all these things? But really it just helps our, the five Marys brand in general. And it gives us outlets for profit that we can, you know, pull at the strings a little bit um, when we need to, to keep this business sustainable for the long haul.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, the brand, the brand is the center of, of all of your businesses. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, that is that's an important thing to always remember. Um, and, you know, I, I've been at points in my life with especially with farm her where I've been like, there's no way I can deal with one more thing. Right. And part of it is when you step outside of the business and and obviously you you're passionate about it. But um, it's a business at the end of the day, right? And and so how do you think about adding more of those aspects? And, and you know, it, it's a process for people to think about how to diversify and, and what they can do. So a little bit ago, you mentioned some small business courses that you're offering. I, I would love to talk a little bit more about what types of um, offerings you have to help people, I'm guessing, understand what you have learned over the years and Uh, to apply that to their own farm businesses and and their own ability to diversify that?
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. So five years ago, I created um, M5 Entrepreneurs, which is a small business program um, with courses and a community. And in M5 Entrepreneurs, we have 40 different workshops on every topic of involved really in growing a successful business from branding and marketing, e-commerce, building your own website, insurance and permitting, um, grants and finding creative funding, employees, using social media to grow, diversification, really every aspect um, in a very easy to digest, tangible, you know, this is what you need to know about entity formations, how to protect yourself with an LLC, how to trademark step by step. Like, you know, you said, we learn from our own mistakes. And so, I am so passionate about helping other people create their small business. There's nothing I love more than seeing an idea and saying like, oh my gosh, okay, this is great. Like, how are we going to set this up? Um, helping people, you know, come up with a name for their business and then and then a, a path for um, profit. Like I said, it's so important that we, if we're putting our time into building a business, our goal has to be on profit to make it worth it for, for everybody. Um, so we, my husband and I have started 20 different small businesses uh, in the past, and they've been in a lot of different industries, but the courses and community are really focused on agriculture and people in agriculture because that's where we are now. And I'd say a majority of, um, we have 2,500 families from all over the country and some all over the world. We have a lot of Canadians and some in Australia. Um, the families in everything from dairies to um, farms, ranches, uh, bakeries, creameries, a lot of flower growers, um, a lot of different areas in agriculture. But um, the common theme is, you know, finding the most profit that you can in your business and maybe having to change it. You know, Change is hard in agriculture, yeah. but times are changing. And to see, you know, we, we have mostly women in the course. It's the daughter-in-laws. It's the daughters who are saying, I want this business to be around for my three sons or, or my kids. And Um, I see the potential in this direct-to-consumer and I see that I can, I can do this. I can build this website for my family. I can figure out, you know, how to ship or how to get deliveries out there. I can create a logo. Thanks to all these programs on the internet, we can do these things ourselves. We can be scrappy. You don't have to have a creative bone in your body. You don't have to be Tech savvy, you can figure out how to do these things and do them quickly. And to so to see these daughters and daughters in law going to their father in laws and saying, I've got this idea and I know it's scary and I know it's changed, but what if? And for these, you know, patriarchs of the family to say, I see, I see, I see this too. And I think you can help our family make a change and make this profitable. And to see that, the wheels turning and to see that happening, there is nothing more rewarding for me in life. Um, And it's just, you know, people becoming more passionate about um, the fact that they do want these businesses to stay around and they know they're going to have to make some changes. So the courses are really geared at bite by bite, like what you need when, um, I know there's a lot of courses out there and people have course fatigue or people will buy a course and then, you know, think, well, it's not going to magically going to just happen. Right. Cause, cause I paid that money for it. No. Um, and so we do a lot of, uh, kind of hand holding to get people, um, to just dig in and make these things happen because I don't ever want somebody to, you know, buy a course and then not do anything with it. I want to see them say, wow, you know, I invested a little bit of money here, and look at this return um, by put by putting the work in. And so, our our community does a great job of that. Of, you know, getting people. We do. I do a coaching club and a few other things that um, help people make those first steps to make big things happen.
0: Absolutely, and and you know that community is is such a huge huge aspect of it. Um, I no business stays the same forever. Maybe, maybe no business lasts forever, right? Like it, it has to morph, it has to evolve and, and your customers might change. And so over the last three years, we have absolutely seen that, that, every business has to have that right and and I tell people all the time if you are not used to change then get out of the business game right like it that, that's all we have that that's it yep. and, and you better figure out how to adapt and adjust and run with it um, and be a part of it and so um, I think that community aspect is is so huge because in my farm her business you know we have had many different uh, revenue streams many different types of income um, and we have had to pivot we've had to adjust you know we I've had to force myself into spaces that I didn't want to be in or force myself out of spaces that I liked to be in, but weren't, weren't making sense. Right. And yeah, so you have to make those hard decisions. Yeah, that, that is absolutely part of it. Um, so, but having that community that you can lean on, uh, I feel like is probably every bit as important, uh, for the people who go through your classes as the courses that, that you offer them. Um,
1: yeah, it really ties it all together and, and helps you make things happen. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, if you were to give advice to uh, someone looking for the next step, because I-, I tell you what, wherever I go, I swear, in-, in any conversation I have about farm her, people are like, "How did you put this together?" I want to do something. I want, I want to create my brand. I want to, I want to start a blog. I want to uh, do something with my farm business, right? And and this is like a very common conversation that I have. So um, I know, I know that. Um, most all of our listeners are surely going to be familiar with your brand already, um, but it, it is a phenomenal one. So, what what if one of our listeners asked you what advice you would have for them if they came up to you and said, "I'm looking, I'm looking for what's next for me. What can I do?"
1: My favorite tagline that we use in the course is, "You can do it," and I truly believe that to be a successful. Op- to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to be opportunistic and you need to be scrappy. And you have to figure out how to do it yourself. You know, if you have this great idea, you know, you want to do a recipe blog and drive all this traffic, oh, I guess I'll I'll, I'll probably need to hire a web designer. No, you do not need to hire a web designer because then you don't have control over your business. You're waiting on someone else's timeline. You're already out money that you're paying someone when you haven't even started making money. You can do it. You can build your own website. You can create an e-commerce site. And having the tools in your arsenal to make these things happen is so important. And that's what we try to give people with M5 Entrepreneurs. I'm a big believer in learning Adobe Illustrator. It's a program that seems a little daunting at first, but with if you can figure out what five buttons do, you can make a brochure overnight. You know, if somebody says, hey, we're having this big gathering tomorrow, I would love if you come set up a booth at our table. All of a sudden, you need a big banner and some business cards. You can make those tonight and have them printed by Monday so that you're saying, okay, here's this opportunity. I'm going to make this happen. And it's the, that's the difference between somebody who's going to be a successful entrepreneur and somebody who's not. It's somebody who says, I see an opportunity. I'm going to do everything I can. And I know I can do these things myself to make that happen. Or, oh, that's a great idea, but it's going to pass me by because I'm not jumping on it. So I really believe that anybody can do these things um, if you have the will and are willing to, you know, stay up till midnight a couple of nights to, yeah. to make them happen. But
0: or a, you lot, can do it. a lot of nights, maybe. Or I'm guessing that nights. that happens to you too. But, but, you know, when I was, especially in the early days of building Farmer, I was like, I, I would work like when my kids went to bed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, it, it is not for the faint of heart, but if you care about it and you want it and, and, you know, and you keep at it, I mean, I think anything can find a path to success, right? As long as you're willing to adapt and adjust.
1: Totally. And it's exciting. Like they say, find a life where it doesn't feel, work doesn't feel like work. To me, when you're working for yourself and it's your own idea and your own business, that it's fun to stay up to midnight. You're like, look at all this opportunity. Tomorrow I'm going to launch this and I'm going to start seeing money come in and signups coming in and people excited about this. Um, When when, you, when you're excited about it, you can make it happen. And it's, it becomes something that it's just you're passionate about. It doesn't feel like work.
0: Yep. I've, I've been there. I have absolutely been there <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, use that to drive myself as well. And so, and, and I think that's another important part, right? Like whatever business you're doing, whatever that is, p- people ask me this uh, all the time. And I, I, I think that the most important thing is that you're passionate about it because if you care, then you're not going to let it drop. Right. Uh, yep. If you care, then you're going to stay up till midnight and figure it out. And uh, your passion rubs off on others too. Cause I can exactly. feel that and see that from you in what you do. And it makes me want to like, I don't know, go build a website or something. I mean, no, <laughs> not, not really, but um, it it is, it, it is contagious. And uh, I think that's what spreads and that's what helps businesses grow. So um Uh, so that's, that's wonderful. So, okay. Tell me, um, where people can find out more information about five Mary's brand in general, a, because I I think that your brand is amazing and so fun to watch and, uh, to, to see what you're up to next. And, um, so absolutely that, but, but specifically about the, the business courses too.
1: Yes, for sure. So we're 5 We're 5 Marys Farms on Instagram. And the M5 Entrepreneurs Program is, um, it's linked on our homepage at fivemarriesfarms.com Or you can go to www.m5entrepreneurs.com. Um, same name on Instagram. And you can always email me if you're looking for something. I'm an open book. It's mary at 5 um, I love to get people started and going in the right direction. Um, and I'm happy to chat anytime.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. I I feel like I could talk to you for days. So maybe we'll have to continue this conversation about something else some other time. But um, absolutely wonderful. I I wish I would have crossed paths with you a lot earlier in my farm her path. Maybe things about my business wouldn't have been so daunting to me as well. So (laughs) hopefully others out there here, here and are inspired by your story. And just like Mary, you two can and already do make history every single day in the agriculture industry, showing up as a woman, or as a diverse individual making a difference, you are groundbreaking. And I wanna thank you for following along on our FarmHer journey, and also thank Mary again for everything she does for women in agriculture, and for small business owners, she is an inspiration. Thank you all for joining us on FarmHer Talks.